0: Life Audio. Hey friend, Heather Creekmore here. Today I am talking to my friend, Victoria Yates. She's a podcast host. She's a registered nurse. She's an intuitive eating counselor and she helps women in their relationships with food and their body. And today I asked her, I said, hey, look through my new book, pick a chapter and tell me... What else we need to know about that? And so she picked chapter 26, day 26 of my brand new 40-day body image workbook, which is about living in the grace. And so today Victoria and I are gonna have a great conversation around what does it look like to stop with the black and white thinking? And how can we pursue health goals without being so absorbed in doing it the way diet culture tells us to do it? So that's where we're going today. Hey, have you gotten my new 40-day body image workbook yet? Because if you haven't, Today's a great day to grab one so that you can be ready to join us for Lent for 40 days where we're going to read together. We're going to work through the content of this workbook together by meeting on Tuesday nights all through Lent. So we'll meet starting February 13th, the Tuesday night before Lent begins on Wednesday, Valentine's Day the 14th, and we'll go through the end of March. We'll meet once a week to kind of check in and you'll do the work the rest of the days on your own. Y'all, this is a great opportunity for some accountability, some encouragement, you can bring your questions. It's going to be good. It's $49 for seven one-hour sessions. It's a bargain, seven bucks a week. And I would just love to join you there. I would love the opportunity to connect with you and to connect you to other women who are on this journey with you. So go to improvebodyimage.com or look in the show notes to find out how you can be part of our 40-day body image reading challenge through Lent. February 13th till the end of March. Come on. It's going to be good. Okay, let's get to today's show. the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it.
1: Victoria Yates, welcome to the Compare To Show. Thanks so much, Heather, for having me. I got a
0: message on um, the Facebook group that we run for this show. It's called Body Image Help for Christian Women. And someone had started reading the book. I can't remember how far they got, maybe like day 11 or 12. And they were like, hey, I really like the book, but I have this health issue and this health issue and this health issue. And I'm generalizing to protect <laughs> their anonymity. Um, and I'm a little worried that you're going to tell me that I can't do anything to help any of this health issues. And at first I was kind of like, well, that's kind of silly, right? Like. Like, why would you jump there? But then as I thought about it, and this is, you know, chapter in my book, like we are so good at black and white thinking. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) oh, if you're going to tell me not to diet, then what you're really telling me is I should sit on the couch and eat Cheetos and never move. And it's like, yeah, that's not it. And so I'm glad you're here today to kind of help flesh out like there are Oh, I hate the word healthy, right? Because healthy has been so abused. And I love like your tagline on your your podcast is redefining that word. There there are ways that we can pursue health goals that don't look like what most of Instagram or YouTube influencers are telling us health goals have to look like. So that's where we're going today. Victoria, as we get started, will you just share your story? Like, how did you end up? In this space, doing this kind of thing?
1: Yeah. So, um, for those of you who don't know me, yeah, my name is Victoria Yates, and I am a registered nurse and health coach and certified intuitive eating counselor. And I love helping women to become their healthiest selves inside and out through healing their relationship with food, getting away from dieting, learning to eat intuitively, and really just like like we were talking about today, really redefine what healthy really means for them. Um, a lot of my clients come to me and they, like we're talking about today, they they have health goals. And also they've been on diets for a lot of them for decades and they are just done with it. They're tired and they are, but they also want to feel better. And so I really help them navigate. Okay. We can work towards. You feeling your best and you living a healthy life. And it doesn't have to be through dieting and restricting food and just feeling like you have to put your life on pause. Um, and so, yeah, I got into this work because of my own, of course, <laughs> my own struggles. Uh, I had an eating disorder for about eight plus, eight to 10 years of my life. You know, it kind of gets a little murky as uh, I started to like do some of that inner work of healing. But I would say it was like, it was a good portion of my life. And um, I remember, so eating disorders kind and just like unhealthy relationship with food and body image issues runs in my family like it does for a lot of women. Um, my grandmother dieted, my mom dieted, I like, that was just normal. It was just like what we as women do. Right. And so when I was a teenager, of course, like body change started and all that normal stuff. Um, but that was also the time where I started to really want to be healthy And went to Google, of course, and blogs and all the things. And I learned everything that I could possibly know about how to be healthy from the internet. And so, of course, that was like seeped in diet culture. And I started obsessively counting calories and exercising obsessively and eliminating foods and really just becoming obsessed with like healthy eating. Um, And so what was really tricky for me was I thought all that time. I was just like doing the right thing, quote unquote, and um didn't realize it at the time, but totally had an eating disorder. And so that is really, you know, what my, where my passion has come from is because I think that's what a lot of people relate with. They, you know, dieting is kind of made out to be this like really healthy thing that we just should do to be healthy. And it's, you know, there's a lot we could talk about with that, but it's actually not healthy. And in a lot of ways, physically and mentally and emotionally. Um, and I think too, like on a spiritual side, all that while food and my body and exercise really became this idol for me. Um, I was going through a lot of really hard, hard things at that time in my family. And it was like controlling food and controlling my body and exercise. That was like what I was turning to versus turning to the Lord to be my comfort and that safety for me. Um, So I was just like, that's kind of like always been my story is like, I try to do it my own. And then God's like, "Uh, no, like you need to rely on me. (laughs) And so um, I dealt with that and, you know, it was, it was really not until, Um, I actually was listening to a podcast, which is why I love that we're talking about this on a podcast. Um, I was listening to a podcast and I remembered someone talking about intuitive eating and I was like, Whoa, what is this? And, um, I started to like, hear people talk about healing your relationship with food. You don't have to diet. You can just listen to your body. And I was like, what? Um, and I started to kind of like, really, I I loved that idea, But the more that I learned about it, and I know that this is not the case for everybody, but I think it has to do with just like my, you know, my schooling, my understanding of the human body. Intuitive eating made so much sense with our bodies and our biology, how our bodies were designed. It made so much sense that dieting felt really hard and like all consuming. And I like to describe it as it's like swimming upstream. It's like, you're just so hard. Um, it made so much sense just with like how our bodies are. And so that was the moment where I was like, I am going all in learning what this whole intuitive eating thing is diving all in on, okay, I, I think I can trust my body and starting to practice eating intuitively. Um, and so then I knew I had to help other people with this too, because this, I mean, like I shared in my story, like I thought that I was being healthy. And I think a lot of people, they don't know that their relationship with food is necessarily an issue until they start to see, they don't know what diet culture is. And they don't know that like they can listen to their bodies. They don't have to count every calorie and track every macro. So that's a little bit of my story and how I got to where I am today.
0: I want to ask you this in the form of a question so you can help us all be clear. Like, you didn't just wake up one morning and you're like, oh, I'm going to do intuitive
1: eating now. This is perfect. (laughs) Right? (laughs) No, not at all. Yeah. It's a process, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. It's a process. It's like, I mean, so much of it is, as you know, like an inward process. Like I talked about, like, you have to build up that trust with your body and with yourself around food because diet culture tells you the exact opposite you can't trust your body you can't listen to your body so it's this undoing this process of undoing everything that you've yeah. learned and known to be true in the past and then relearning how to just like eat normally yeah. <laughs> um and so yeah, the way that I like to put it like when it comes to intuitive eating, it's like you know we were born intuitive eaters you look at a newborn baby they you know, come out of their mom and they are, they cry when they're hungry, they stop and pull away when they're full. Like that is how we were born. That's how God made us. And just like a muscle though, that, you know, the, the less you use it, it's going to get weak. It's not going to work right. It's not going to want to work. We have to rebuild that strength and that muscle of eating intuitively. And so that is a lot of the work that I help my clients with is rebuilding that skill.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because it feels like, I mean, just from my experience, like you said, like because of your knowledge of the human body, that intuitive eating kind of just like made sense. But to me, it was like dieting was so much easier, right? Oh, yeah. Just tell me what to eat. Tell me what is good. Tell me what is bad. Like tell me what will make me skinny and I want to eat that. Mm -hmm. And then, like I talk about in the book, right? Like that journey of just tell me what to eat. Took me from 1992 in college, ordering plain bagels and spraying chemicals on my food instead of using real butter because fat was going to make us all fat. To mm-hmm. like 2012 where I've got a stick of butter and a handful of nuts and like a wad of coconut oil and somehow I'm supposed to put all those things together to make a fat bomb because fat was suddenly going to make me skinny. Right? It's like. Mm -hmm. That has been a wild ride in and of itself. And yet I think a lot of people even hearing that and like laughing along to like, oh, I've done that too. There's this fear of, well, I put it this way in the book. Like it's, it's a fear of living in the gray, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's the black or the white, those easy to see comfortable. I know which side I'm on, like to, you know, make it even a level deeper spiritually. Like I know whether or not I'm righteous, mm-hmm. right. If, if I'm wholly yeah. following the rules of, of my diet culture, but living in the messiness of, Oh, it might not be the same day to day. And some days my relationship with food might feel awkward and other days it might feel really good. And then sometimes it might be like, Whoa, like what's going on here? Like Victoria speak to that. Like, like how yeah. do we live in between the black and white or live in the grace is, is the way I phrased it in the book.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's first of all, helpful to know why we like to be black and white thinkers. And it's just, I mean, that is like, Like when we think about our psychology and the way our brains work, our brains are always looking for like, what is the most efficient way to think about something? And the most efficient way to think about something is black or white. And so that's why we're drawn to that. Okay. It's either yes or no. And I'm, I'm, I I so relate with you too, of like, I was a rule follower and I still kind of am like, that's like how I was raised, like perfect kid who just follows all the rules. And I like that. And so that part of dieting was like so attractive, but as you already alluded to, like our bodies are different every single day. Our needs are different every single day. Like the energy that we expend, especially as women is just so different on a day-to-day basis. And so our bodies, like we can't just, okay, check. I eat this many calories at breakfast and this many calories at lunch and, and this many at dinner. And then that's, that's that. And so I think, yeah, going back to, I think it's helpful to see, okay, this is why I'm an all or nothing thinker. It's just the way that my brain likes to function, but there is, there's very few, there are very few things in the world that it's just clear, like all or nothing. And food is one of those areas. So I think that that is helpful to just kind of look at as a starting point. And then, yeah, understanding that, yeah, your body is going to be different every single day. And so living in the gray, I guess for me, what that looks like is practicing intuitive eating. The way that we do that is we have to have that trust with ourselves and that trust with our bodies to know. And I think that this is like a twofold thing. We learn, we can learn like, okay, this is what hunger feels like. This is what most people know what late hunger feels like, but a lot of people don't realize that you actually, your body gives you signs of hunger, even before you're like hangry and ravenously hungry. And then like binging your pantry, because that's the normal response to being so hungry. Um, and then this is what fullness feels like and having safety around, like, this is where so much of your relationship with food comes into play. Like that safety of, okay, I can stop eating right now. And, I know that I'm going to be able to eat later if I get hungry again. So there's that, that piece of it. Um, but then there's also, I think what keeps people from, um, really being able to eat and like live in that grace, like you talk about is they have real, what feels like real evidence that they can't just listen to their body, that they can't just like go through their day. Eating when they're hungry, stopping when they're full, not having these food food rules, not counting calories, not tracking macros, because when they haven't done that, then they swing to the other extreme, right? When they come off of the diet or they're not like following that diet or following and tracking every little thing, they find themselves overeating, binging their pantry, only wanting to eat donuts and pizza. And so that creates this evidence in their brain that says, oh, yeah, when I'm not dieting, that's the result. So I think that it's like, if we can maybe, maybe we can like, if I could speak to that for a second. Sure. Go ahead. The, the that kind of pendulum is a normal response to dieting. And so, like, when you are dieting, when you're restricting food, when you are even just like, maybe it's not even, this is something people don't always understand, but when, even if you are like, Getting quote enough calories in a day, even that like mental restriction of I can't have this can lead to the natural response is to want to overeat and eat all the foods that you couldn't have when you were dieting. But that evident, like that happening feels very real, like very real evidence. Oh, I can't listen to my body. But what I want people to hear is like that is just the response to dieting. And so the way to get away from that like pendulum kind of effect is to go to the source and really work on, you know, first of all, not dieting, working on like eating enough for your body's physical needs, and then working on your relationship with food and that psychological um, mindset piece. So yeah, that was a lot. (laughs) <laughs> no, that was, that was great. Well, and I heard
0: you say like trusting your body, right? Mm. And that I think can sound really like squirrely. <laughs> if you've been dieting totally. a lot, right? like, oh, well, I don't know about that because of what yeah. you just said, because of what you just explained, right? Like it feels like I can't trust my body because every time I've tried to trust my body is it turns into a, I'm off the diet wagon binge until I go back on the diet wagon. And that's, I think how many, many, many women live their entire lives. I mean, that was, that was me for decades, that was my mom, that was grandma, Mm -hmm. that was aunts, like I just saw it everywhere. Mm -hmm. But like with that trust, what I'm thinking, this kind of goes back to that word grace (laughs) that I substituted for the word grace, but it's like giving yourself grace Mm -hmm. with food. And I think to tie this kind of back to where we were going to go today, like when you have health goals, I feel like diet culture's message is, If you do all these things perfectly, A, B, C, D, check, 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 and boom, health goals met, right? It's like quid pro quo, like do this, get this. And, uh, you know, I'll just, I'll tell you honestly, so like I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism and then ended up being Hashimoto's at age 40. And so for the next couple of years, and I already kind of worked through body image stuff, but I hadn't touched food. Like God was very gracious with me. He didn't make me deal with my food issues (laughs) for a couple of years. And I'm, you know, I'm Googling, right. Google is our, our favorite doctor Googling, like, you know, how, you know, how to eat for a hypothyroid, you know, how to cure Hashimoto's with food. And then I suddenly find myself on all the elimination diets. Right. And so I'm following all these elimination diets and struggling because, although I didn't know it at the time, boy, elimination diets are super fun if you've had an eating disorder because it's like, yeah, yeah, I can't. Permission. (laughs) Permission to restrict. Party. Like I'll get like, Mm -hmm. I get a pass on kind of eating disorder behavior because I have to do this because of my health issue. And I really wish I had known, and this is where I'm kind of hoping like you'll maybe fill in the blanks. I wish I had known A better way to do that, right? Because I know there's nothing wrong with like some people just can't tolerate gluten, right? So to tell them being an intuitive eating eater for you means you have to eat bread, like that would be stupid. Like that's not what anyone's saying with intuitive eating. But but how do you take? Because there is some wisdom out there. Mm -hmm. Take some of the wisdom that's out there about like okay, if you want, you know, if you have this health goal, lower lower your blood sugar. or lower your blood pressure, but balance your blood sugar, I guess, could be in there too, right? Or, or tackling, you know, thyroid issues or any, like, if you've got a health goal, a health thing going on, how do you take all this information and pursue it in a healthy balanced? Not, I got to get on the next plan and I'm going to go on the wagon, off the wagon. How, like, how do we do that, Victoria?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, it, I think, first of all, making sure you have, like, credible information is really important. That's tough. That is You mean not Dr. Google? (laughs) Not Dr. Google. Um, He's well known. Oh, yes. Believe me. (laughs) But I think that that's, that's hard because even, like, when I think about, like, some of the, like, functional medicine doctors and, like, there's a lot of... There's a lot of diet culture, wellness culture in there too. That's really tricky to navigate. Um, What I will just say is like, as like blanket kind of uh, thoughts, advice is that rarely do you have to be on, like for that kind of thing, it's like, rarely do you have to be on a really extreme food protocol for very long. So if if it's like a, I'm on this for years kind of thing, like there might be some things that you realize, like- I don't feel well when I'm like eating this way and I've discovered that, but like rarely is it really, should it be this like extreme restrictive diet for a really long time? So I think understanding that, but, um, like I had a client who, um, also had some thyroid issues and just like some autoimmune kind of things. And she noticed that, yeah, when she ate certain foods, I think gluten was one of those. She noticed she did not feel good. And what we really worked on, we can still work on a lot of the same principles of intuitive eating, making peace with food and, um, permission. What we worked on a lot for her was like, you can, and I think this is really helpful for people who do have food issues. You can eat the bread. Like there's permission there. You can eat that. And knowing, like, I also teach my clients to, Um, I call it future mindfulness. We oftentimes think about mindfulness with eating, like eating in the present. And I'm like noticing every bite, but I also teach them it's um, future mindfulness. So you're thinking about, okay, how am I going to feel after this? And using that information to just help, um, help you decide and make an intentional decision around what you are going to eat and but what I love about that is it's you're giving yourself that permission and it's this empowered decision. That's the difference I find between like a diety restrictive mind and like a mindset around food and health and any kind of like health practice or whatnot is it's coming from this intentional empowered place where you know, your body, you trust your body, you listen to your body, you have a good relationship with your body and that discerns, what kinds of things you're going to do and eat? Um, it comes from this freeing place versus a restrictive place. So I think I don't know if that helps, but that's usually you know what I think about. I think that's a really helpful way for people to approach any kind of health concern is, okay, we're still gonna practice that permission, a calm relationship with food, you listening to your body. And that's, what's going to determine what we do versus just follow this X, Y, Z. This is the plan.
0: And again, I'm going to take us, I hear grace in that, right? Because, because as opposed to I'm on a plan, oops, I messed up. And it's not really, oops, it's, oh, I messed up. I'm horrible. Shame, 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 blame, you know, like, oh, I did it wrong. I might as well, you know, blow the whole day and I'll start the plan again Monday, right? Like, instead of all that, I think when you have this grace-based approach, it's like, ooh, I ate that thing. Ooh, I don't feel good. Oh, well, (laughs) like now I've learned something. (laughs) I've learned that eating that thing kind of makes me not feel good. Maybe I'll remember that next time, or maybe I'll be somewhere and I'll forget it and I'll do it again. But either way, it's okay because I'm human and this is what humans do. (laughs) And there's grace for that. I'm not, I don't have to shame and blame myself around that. So
1: yes, sometimes something that uh, I have my clients talk, you know, want to work on all the time. And I think this is helpful is consistency. And I think that, you know, consistency in our lives is like a really helpful tool, but this is the thing that I think messes with people. And I love that you talk about grace because, um, the way we oftentimes think about consistency is it equals perfection. Okay. Consistency means I have to never have a night where I overeat or never have dessert or never have that bread when I am trying to eat more gluten-free, right? or I never sleep through my alarm and, and miss the gym. and But the reality is consistency is more about just continuing to show up, giving yourself grace for being just a normal human and a human who is not going to be perfect. And I think, you know, dieting really does a great job of conditioning us to be, all or nothing and perfectionists, right? Like I remember the last diet I went on, people will probably hear this and know exactly what I'm talking about, but it was this 30 day diet where, you know, you miss one day or you eat an, a gram of sugar one day. And it's like, nope, you got to start over at day one. Right. Mm-hmm. So it conditions us to be very like all or nothing. I'm either following it perfectly or I'm, off the wagon and I've got to start over, but then what's the point? Because I know that I'm going to fail again. And then you feel discouraged and it's just that cycle.
0: Yeah. And we do that with exercise too. I think at least like Absolutely. I do, like, I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to do this. And I like print out the little thing and it's like a check mark for every day. And I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to check it off every day. And then I miss mm-hmm. like two days in a row. And I, it really takes like everything within me, <laughs> the Holy spirit too, probably, to be like, okay, it doesn't matter. That you didn't check mm. two days. You can do this whenever you want. Just because those assignments are on the calendar, <laughs> like doesn't mean mm-hmm. that like it's over. And you know, it's but it, it is hard. And even like I've I've shared this before on the show, like thinking, oh, well, I can't, I don't have 35 minutes to exercise today. I only have 15 minutes. And I think before in my black and white thinking, it would have been like, well, I can't do anything, I only have 15 minutes. Whereas now I'm like, oh, 15 minutes. Okay. Well, I can make it around the block twice in Mm -hmm. 15 minutes, or I can, you know, do a couple reps of these like exercises with free weights for 15 minutes. And I did something which is better than nothing. Although there are some days when I have to choose to do nothing because I'm just tired and my body's saying rest. And instead Mm -hmm. of feeling guilt and shame around that, it's like, oh,
1: huh? Well, maybe the healthiest Mm. thing for me today is you take a nap or <laughs> just to not do absolutely that. so, yeah. absolutely that's where that listening to your body trusting your body piece comes in. Um and yeah last year actually I did a little experiment with myself that I thought would be fun something that I teach my like teach my clients we I teach them this process of working towards their health goals without dieting and we focus on how they want to feel versus the number on the scale. And um what I my goal last year that I was experimenting with was I wanted to feel stronger because I'd, you know, been like a cardio junker junkie mm-hmm. like everybody for years and years. And I was like, okay, I'm kind of burnt out from that. I'm like ready to try something different. And so I gave myself this goal of I'm gonna do 10 push-ups every day for the year. And here's the thing. I was consistent, but I definitely wasn't perfect. And I definitely missed days. I probably only did the pushups, like maybe a third of the year, <laughs> a third of the days. But the result at the end of the year was I still like got stronger because yeah. I didn't make the one day where I missed the, you know, missed it in January already, you yeah. know, mean anything about yeah. yeah. the goal. Yeah. That's
0: awesome yeah that's 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 yeah that's great, okay, but I think the word goal gets tricky, Victoria, right, mm-hmm. because I think mm-hmm. those of us that are like us <laughs> mm-hmm. goal means you know run hard towards that one thing, get it done as soon as possible, so I can check it off my list, and you know laser beam focus and and I think even though I know, oh, like I'm not listening to those influencers anymore, still all that language around goals. Sounds mm-hmm. like pressure and performance expectations and all these things. So, when you say the word goal, like, is that what it means or is it a little different?
1: Yeah, great question. I am trying to like take back that word goal, especially when it comes to our health. And, like I said already, like, I think, you know, in one way, focusing on some other things that are less like triggering of our body image or lead us to take really restrictive actions like the scale does in focusing on how a goal for how you want to feel. Um, and then also like, I find that I think it's more like the, the reason why we have such a like uncomfortable relationship with goals is because of what we make it mean if we don't reach that goal rather than just like the goal. So I like to tell my, my clients, like the point of the goal is just to start to see, well, first of all, like, what are the things that might help you to feel better and start to take that action again, like working on that mindset of consistency, not perfection and getting away from the all or nothing thinking and really having like a kind, respectful relationship with yourself throughout it. But, um, I also like to tell people like you, like, I think when it comes to our health goals, it's important to keep in mind, like you're, this sounds not great, but you're not necessarily going to reach that goal and just be like, check, climbed the mountain and I'm done. And I think that's how a lot of people approach that, but that leads us to burning out and being, you know, taking that really restrictive, like hustly energy as we're working towards that health goal and it's unsustainable. But if you think about it as like, I'm working towards this goal of feeling stronger or this goal of feeling healthier in my body or this body image goal of like feeling more confident, right? Like, it it's more, I think, about the way that we think about ourselves than it is like the actual thought of like a goal.
0: Yeah, I think that's good. I think it's like tortoise versus the hare. <laughs>
1: In a way, right?
0: Yeah. But you know, it's like the tortoise approach isn't very glamorous. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yet, I think if we all dug deep, you know, there's lots of talk about longevity now. Mm-hmm. You want to feel good for your life. And I think the dieting concept is you go on this plan that doesn't fit your life. Although every plan says that if it's your life, but we all know that they don't really fit your life. (laughs) You're either buying their food or eating their food or, you know, you're doing something that it wasn't really your life before. It is probably not going to be your life for very, (laughs) for very long after. Or right. Well, we take long until that goes back to your regular life. And, and it's just, it's, it's like, but what we really long for is normal. Use that word earlier, right? Like yeah. no one goes on a diet so they can stay on the diet forever. You go on the diet because you hope that your body will get to a certain size so you can just be normal around food. So you can just rest after that. And yet it never happens because that's just not our bodies were created to restrict food and, and stay there. So yeah, I, I I love all that. Okay, so we've got a different definition of goals now it's January. What if, what if there's something I want to do this year for my health? Like, where do I start without going on a plan? How do I begin?
1: Yeah. So the process I walk my clients through that, again, we're not going to focus on the scale. We're not going to focus on weight for a couple of reasons. And I do want to say that it's, I find my, for my clients, they oftentimes, do want to lose weight and i want to just normalize that that's okay it's okay if you have that desire you're not wrong for having that of course you have that cuz look at our culture that idealizes like a skinny thin body and it's okay that that's there and what i like to tell my clients is we can hold space for that if we used an analogy of like a bus we're going to let that desire to, lo- to lose weight sit on the back of the bus. And we're going to let this other desire for body, um, for having a good relationship with your body and a respectful relationship and relearning how to listen to your body and trust your body kind of be more driving the bus. Um, So we're going to focus though on how you want to feel versus the number on the scale. The number on the scale focusing on a weight goal is gonna lead you to, like I already said, take really restrictive and like very unsustainable action and also just doesn't feel good. It's not come often, it can't come from this place of like having a good relationship with yourself if your goal is to lose weight. And so um, what we're gonna focus on is what I encourage people to do is pick a goal for how you want to feel. And answer that, like, I want to feel X, Y, Z by the end of this year. And if you're having a hard time with like getting away from the weight goal, another question you can ask is, okay, what do I think that losing weight, how do I think I'm going to feel if I did lose weight? And let's let that be the goal. And then we're going to work backwards and ask yourself, okay, what are the actions that I think will help me to feel this way? If I want to, like I said, Um, a goal for me. And I know a goal for a lot of people is I want to feel stronger. So what do I, what do I want to do that will help me to feel stronger this year? Uh, Maybe it's like, I'm going to pick up some weights and do, you know, this weight class or like do this online routine I found um, twice a week. And, or maybe it's like, I'm going to walk around my block a couple of times a week. Right. And really getting clear about, okay, what do I want to do? Cause I think that it is helpful to, this is another thing that along with goals, I'm trying to re like bring back and like take away the diet culture from it, but it is helpful to have a plan. And I think for people who like me and I don't, probably you too, who like really loved that part of dieting. Like, I don't think there's, we, again it's how we approach the plan it's the mindset that we have it's letting go of that all or nothing with it and the the letting go of the perfection with it but it's helpful to have like okay this is what i'm going to do this is what i want to do but then allowing that flexibility what i tell my clients is we want we, we can create that structure but also allow for flexibility allow for life to happen um something else that i will tell my clients is, okay, we want to actually plan for there to be obstacles. Things are going to come up. You're going to not feel good. You're going to get sick. Your kids are going to get sick. You are going to go on vacation. You are just going to not feel like doing the thing. And that's okay. And so we want to plan for those things to happen, plan for you to be a real human and not let that uh, mean anything about you, not make it mean that you failed, um, so that mindset piece around it is so important as well, but that's kind of the process. So set a goal based on how you want to feel and then come up with, okay, what are the things that I think will help me to get there? And then being kind to yourself along the way, being gentle, giving yourself grace along the way.
0: Yeah, that's really good. And and I think it's probably worth pointing out that if you hear the word plan and you are like automatically triggered, <laughs> then you need to know that it's time for you to work with someone, right? Don't try to go on another plan by yourself. If you're like, Ooh, I know what a plan's going to do for me. Well, then just don't do that. <laughs> don't go on another plan. If you know what it's going to do, but hear me that it's okay. Like Victoria said, it is okay to have a plan, but we're talking about a grace-based, <laughs> you know, um, a different version of a plan than than what you've probably been sold or heard before. So, um, you know, and I, I love that, Victoria. Thank you so much for for sharing
1: that. Can you tell everyone where they can listen to your podcast and connect with you? Sure, yeah. So you can connect with me at my website, victoria That's kind of the hub for everything. Um, my podcast is called the Redefining Health Podcast. And I put out an episode about every week and I'm over on Instagram too, if you'd like to come say hi at non-diet underscore RN. Um, so yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks Victoria for being here today.
1: Thank you so much, Heather. This is great.
0: And thank you for watching or listening today. I hope something today has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. The Compare To Show is proud to be part of the Life Audio Podcast Network. For more great Christian podcasts, go Hey, everybody. I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. We're hosts of the Kynos Project podcast, where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in an everyday setting. To learn more and subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.